For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son. That whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have eternal life. John 3, 16. God so loved the world. God made a choice out of love to choose to send his son to a broken and dying world. A choice that could be unthinkable. A choice that wasn't like any other choice. It was a choice to choose his one and only son, Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ would bridge a gap between life and death. See, a gap had been created between life and death. And we were on the side of death and God was on the side of life. And Jesus would become this bridge between life and death. It was a choice that would ring loud throughout history. That history would point towards that point where God would choose his son. And since that point, history has always looked back to that point. It was a choice that separated time from B.C. to A.D. It was a choice that changed the world as we know it. It was a choice that changed humanity. It was a choice that changed eternity. For God so loved the world. People often ask me all the time, Alex, why did you move to the United States? For those of you who don't know, I'm actually not from around here. I moved here about 10 years ago from a wonderful country called the United Kingdom. And so that's about three, 4,000 miles somewhere over there, over, over a pond that way. And people ask me all the time, Alex, why did you move to the United States? They are fascinated that somebody would actually move across the world. Because I think for them, sometimes it's hard for them to understand that they would actually move to another culture, another country. And as I think about it, it was probably one of the most far out decisions I have ever made. Some men make probably, some would say probably the most foolish decision I ever made. Some would think it was a crazy decision. At the time, I didn't have a job to come to. I didn't have a visa to come to. I didn't jump over a wall, so you're okay. I, I, I didn't have any hope for the future. All I knew is that I was coming to the United States. But it was a choice of love. And when we make choices out of love, sometimes our choices can seem kind of crazy. They can seem kind of far out. Because love takes us to a place where sometimes we will do what's beyond what we think we should do. And so this is what I tell people now when people ask me, why did you move to the United States? I say this. Why else would a guy... Give up his job, give up, give up his car, give up his home, give up his friends, give up his family, give up all that he ever knew to move halfway across the world. And I say that to people and you could just see a little glint in their eyes and they come back and they say, it has to be a woman, right? Yes, of course it was a woman. Why else would a guy do something like that? Because we understand when it comes to love, sometimes we make crazy decisions. The average 
human adult makes about 35,000 choices a day. So today you're going to make about 35,000 choices. No wonder our head hurts at the end of the day, right? Some of us can't even remember what we had for breakfast because we make so many choices each and every day. Some of them you remember, some of them that you don't. If you calculate that out into a year, that means we make around about 12,775,000 choices every single year. That is a lot of choices to make. However, there are some choices And some decisions that we make out of all those choices we make every single day that we do remember. Some of these choices, they are life choices that we make. Like when we get married or when we go to school or when we get our first job or our first house. And the decisions to maybe move halfway across the world for love. Or they're the choices that we agonize over, the choices that we take a long time to think about. Or they are choices that are compelled by passion and love. For God so loved the world that he chose his son. He chose his son. Think about this. So imagine the agony in heaven as God is making this decision out of passion and love for the world. That he will give his son, his one and only son to the world. It is a ludicrous decision. I've got a little son. I could never imagine giving him away to somebody else. But God out of love made this decision. There must have been a better choice. Yet God... So loved the world, and that love knew there was only one way. See, sin had separated humanity from God. And and, and there was a big gap in between. And there was a bridge that was needed to be built so that man could get to God. And, And heaven knew that there was only one way that this bridge could be built. And this bridge came in the form of the life and the person and the death of a man called Jesus Christ, God's only son. So God chose his son. Three months ago, we celebrated Christmas. Remember that? It was cold and there was lots of lights everywhere. I feel like Christmas and Easter every year get closer and closer. I don't know if that's just because I'm getting older and older. I'm not sure. But we celebrated Christmas. And what Christmas was all about, it was all about celebrating the birth of a Savior. A Savior had come into the world. His name was Jesus, a baby Jesus and he would be born in a, in, a, in a manger in Bethlehem. And, you know, we have all the parties and all the lights and all the songs and everything about Christmas. And, and, and that happened in a little town called Bethlehem. Now, fast forward 33 years from that moment. And there is a man called Jesus. He is known as Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth has now become a well-known man. Everybody knows who Jesus is. 
In these 33 years, Jesus has lived and walked this earth. And now Jesus has performed miracles. He has turned water into wine. Jesus has healed the sick. He has raised the dead. He has multiplied food many times over and over. People are talking about Jesus. Jesus has upset the establishment, upset the religious people. They want to get rid of him. They want to kill him. Jesus has given hope to the poor, hope to the sick, hope to the needy and the hurting, hope to the sinful who thought they could never get to God. Jesus has raised up 12 guys who could walk in the power and the might of Jesus Christ. And now Jesus, 33 years after his birth, he is kneeling one night in a garden. And Jesus is agonizing over a decision. As he kneels and he's got a choice to make. See, when God chose his son, it wasn't a choice that his son would live. It's a choice that his son would die. And now Jesus has a choice because the time of death has come. Am I going to choose to do the will of the Father? Am I going to choose to, to choose what God has chosen for me? Or am I going to go and do my own will? In his mind, Jesus wanted to do what the will of the Father was. But his body was screaming out, saying, no, save yourself and live it just doesn't seem fair does it not only was the choice to live or die but the death was a terrible death the choice was to die on a cross the cross was the Roman preference for the worst of criminals it was a a, a way to die that was long and agonizing and cruel But most importantly, the cross was a public hanging. It was a public humiliation. And God needed Jesus to die to build that bridge in a public setting so all could see. So there could be lots of witnesses to say that Jesus had actually died. Everybody would see Jesus' body crushed and bruised. It was unfair. We don't like unfair, do we? We like things to be fair. I remember when I was a, a young boy in the church that I grew up. Uh, we, we had a basement in our church. And after church, all the guys, we would get together and we would play soccer downstairs. We'd break a few light bulbs here and there. And, you know, they would, the elders would tell us off and everything. But we would still keep playing. And I remember on Sunday morning, and we even had Sunday night church then. We'd be looking at our watches. I'm like, and my dad was a pastor. I'm like, man, when's the old man going to shut up so we can go and play soccer? And once the service was over, like when they were doing the final song, you know, we would all just rush downstairs and start playing. And this is how we would pick the teams. We'd pick two captains. And then we would pick by something what we call faces. And so the two captains would pick people by their faces and say, I want this person on my team. I want that person on my team. Well, what we found over the weeks is that the same two people were always the first two to be picked. 
And the same two were always the last two to be picked. You know, they're the ones who couldn't run around for very long. They had to sit out for 10 minutes, you know, take a drink of water because the sweat was coming down them. Anyone be, be that person, you know, at school, you know, you're always the last to be picked. And we felt, even as kids, we felt this was unfair on those kids. We thought it wasn't fair that they will last every week. So what we did, we came up with a, a system that we would pick two captains and the rest of us would get in a circle and we would pick numbers. We'd go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then the captains would pick numbers. And so the last person wasn't the same every single week. Sometimes the teams were unfair, but at least we were being fair to everybody else. But the reality is this. Life actually is not fair. And for Jesus, Jesus, his life was not fair. For Jesus was the perfect man. He was a man who did not deserve death, especially death on a cross. But yet, the Bible tells us, Jesus was sent by God, chosen by God to take our place. See, the Bible tells us that we are sinful human beings. We have sinned before God, and the penalty for our sin is death. Yet Jesus had never sinned. Jesus did not deserve to die at all. And our sins had caused a separation from God. And this public hanging on a cross by Jesus was God building a bridge between God and man once Again, and Jesus knew his mission. He knew what was ahead of him. And he knelt in agony. And this is what Jesus cried out. He said, Father, in Luke 22. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done Not mine. Imagine that for the moment. God is choosing the will of the Father over his own will. He's saying, Father, but your will, not mine. And then it carries on. It says, then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He, meaning Jesus, prayed more fervently. And he was in agony of spirit and his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. That's how much agony Jesus was in. This was the hardest decision of the 33 years of his life. But in this moment, Jesus gave up his life for the choice of God. Meaning he would lose his life. But why? Why the cross? Well, it was all for love. Love for you, for God so loved the world that he decided to build a bridge between man and God. And that bridge was Jesus Christ. Today is Easter Sunday, so happy Easter to you. In Christianity, we call this Resurrection Sunday. It is the greatest day in the Christian calendar because it speaks of the greatest Sunday morning that ever happened in history. But yet you walk into many churches and you speak to many Christians 
And they never talk about the resurrection of Jesus. All you hear about is the cross of Jesus. You go to many churches and you see crosses everywhere. You see a cross and you think of a church. And so many people, they just stop at the cross. But the problem with the cross is the cross has no power without the resurrection. See, if Jesus had just died, there would be no power. But the reality is, is that Jesus rose from the dead. And there is something called the resurrection. And it gives the cross its power. But yet so many people live at the cross and they stop at the cross. Last week I was in California and I was in Los Angeles and I was walking through Hollywood Boulevard where there is the walk of fame where you get all people's names, all different famous people's names on on the sidewalk and you're walking around, you're looking at everyone's names and you're bumping into everybody because everyone else is doing the same thing. And I didn't really like it, it's kind of dirty and there's lots too many people around. But as I was walking and looking at the names on the sidewalk, suddenly my eye was glanced to a man on the corner. This man was holding up a sign. And he was also holding up a speaker. On the sign he said, repent now. Do not perish. And then in the speaker, what was coming out of the speaker was The words of a preacher saying basically that you are sinful and that if you do not repent to God, you will perish when you die. So if you want to not perish, then repent and you won't perish when you die. And he kept going. I stood there for a moment and I listened to this man and my heart sunk. And this is why. Because he wasn't telling the full truth. He was telling a story that many people believe and it was only partially true. Yes, the Bible tells us that when we die, if we do not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we will perish in an eternal damnation. And if you want to go to heaven, then you must believe in Jesus Christ But this is the problem with this story is this, is it's all about when we die. And so people, they they, they live their lives fearing death. They live their lives and they come to God because they don't want to perish when they die. They live their lives clinging to, to the cross, hoping that when they die that they won't perish, hoping that it is right, that the cross is enough for them. But the real story is this. Jesus rose from the dead. That means Jesus overcame death. It means you do not have to fear death anymore. Even though he died a human death on the cross, Jesus overcame death, he overcame the grave, and he overcame sin. And on that Sunday morning, we call resurrection morning, it meant that we can start to have new life in Jesus Christ. Let's look at the story of what actually happened in Luke chapter 24 verse 1. The Bible says, but early, very early on Sunday morning, The women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. 
they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. As soon as as they stood there puzzled, two men appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Did you hear what these angels said? They said, women, why are you looking amongst the dead for someone who is alive? And so often we're looking for Jesus in our death. But really Jesus is given for us in our life. See, for Jesus is alive, which means we don't have to wait until we die to find eternal life. It means we have eternal life right now. What it means is we don't have to wait until heaven to experience the kingdom of God. It means we can experience the kingdom of God right now. It means we don't have to wait till we are perfect to experience the love and the power of Jesus. We can experience that right now. Why? Because Jesus overcame death. Because Jesus is risen. And because Jesus is alive. There's an old story about a man called John Griffith. John Griffith was a man who lived in Oklahoma in 1929. And during the Great Depression, he had lost all that he had in the stock market crash. Through losing everything, he moved to Mississippi where he took a job as a bridge operator for the railroads. In 1937, he was involved in a horrible accident. One day, his eight-year-old son called Greg spent the day with his dad at work. The boy poked around the office and asked dozens of questions. For those of you who've got boys, you know exactly what boys do. Always busy around asking questions. The bridge was over a river. And whenever a ship came in, John had to open the bridge To allow the ships to pass. The day the boy was with his father. A ship was coming. So John opened the drawbridge. But the boy saw there was trouble. Because the boy saw that there was a train coming. And disaster was coming. So the boy wanted to do something about it. Well, John suddenly looked around the office and he could not see his boy anywhere. And to his horror, he saw John. He, to his horror, sorry, he saw Greg, his son, climbing into the gears of the drawbridge to try to lower the bridge. It's a true story. Then in 2003... A movie came out called Most. It's a Czechoslovakian movie. And Most in Czechoslovakian or Czech means the bridge. I'm going to let the movie tell the rest of the story. At the end of that movie, after the man had made the decision whether to spare his son and let all the people on the train die or 
let his son be crushed by the bridge and let the people on the train die. He was walking through the railway station years later in despair for he'd lost his son. And he looked over and he saw a woman. Throughout that, that movie, they had depicted a woman on that train who had been an addict to crack cocaine. And when the train came through, the movie shows that she looked out the window and saw the man in despair and immediately she knew something had happened. He had done something for her. She dropped the drugs. And then at the end of the movie, you see the man and he looks over and he sees this woman. She looks clean. She is smiling and she's holding a baby. And he yells out this yell of celebration and thankfulness, knowing he had lost his son, but he had spared the life of many. And you and me, we were like the people on that train. They had no idea what was going on. We had no idea we were on on a train to, to, to destruction. But yet because God gave His Son, Jesus Christ, we now can have life. But the wonderful thing is this, it's because of the resurrection life of Jesus Christ, because Jesus rose from the dead, we can enjoy this new life with Him. Ephesians 1 verse 4 tells us this, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God loved us. See, God chose his son, Jesus chose the cross, God chose the resurrection. But I got something else to tell you today. God chose you. God chose you. And the great thing is this, is now you can experience the new life, the resurrection life that there is in Jesus Christ, all because God chose you. This crazy, ludicrous act that doesn't make sense at all made out of passion and love for you. Let's bow our heads in prayer this morning.